Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Crimson Crossover Podcast with uh, myself, Nate Oatsburner, and Joey Blackwell. Um, this is episode three of the season one, I guess is what we're going to call it, of the Crimson Crossover Podcast. Um, we're going to be breaking down today the the Purdue game uh, that happened last weekend, and then as well, look forward to the, the Creighton game this weekend. It's a big, big matchup. Creighton's ranked eighth in uh, AP poll, and we're just going to go through deep dive into that and uh, get out of here. So, uh, Joey, uh, Burner, how are you guys doing today? Doing all right, Christian. How about you today? I can't complain. Can't complain. It's a happy Monday, I guess. <laughs> Another day in paradise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's let's just get right into it. Um we kind of touched on or not touched on. We, we had a post game space um, following Saturday's game versus Purdue. Who's now ranked three in the AP poll. Um, just give your quick thoughts on how you guys thought the team looked relative to the prior games with against like a Clemson or Ohio, Ohio state. And maybe what you're kind of looking to see as an improvement going forward into the next two games, one versus Creighton, and then obviously following weeks versus uh, Arizona. You know, I mean, I was, it's hard to be encouraged after a loss. Um, but I, overall, I, I, I like the look of our team. I, and you know, we talked about this on the space, but I really liked the fight and the intensity and the effort that they showed throughout the game from from the opening tip all the way to the end. I mean, they were never out of it. They never gave up. So um, we've seen teams in the past, you know, definitely if they're down by six with a few minutes left, they're definitely, uh, you know, starting to slack off. But that was not the case. Um, Overall, you know, obviously Mark Sears is the one that jumps off the sheet, you know, obviously had 35 points, four rebounds on the night. Um, Grant Nelson, you know, people were worried about him before the game, uh, if he was even going to be able to play. And, of course, he came out and had almost a double-double, 11 points and seven rebounds. Um, Wagi looked pretty good. Um, I, I would like to see, you know, he fouled out. But that's the story of the game for Alabama was, you know, three players with four more fouls, two fouled out. Um, Edie obviously did a number on, on the team. Um, you know, he had 35 points, 12 for 20 from the floor. Um, not going to get into, you know, the drama with, you know, the no, no foul calls for him, but, um, you know, still it was just, I, I, overall I was encouraged. There's still a lot of growth this team needs to make, but, um, these, these losses that they're having, the Clemson, uh, the Clemson loss and the Ohio state loss, like really these, these losses, they're never really out of control. Um, Alabama is still there with, you know, five minutes left typically. Um, so I think it's encouraging now it's going to be if they can play like they like they did um, against Purdue against Creighton. I, I really like I really like their odds. Yeah, I, I I'm with you on a lot of that stuff, Joey. I'd like to just highlight a couple guys uh, that I thought, you know, some stuff stuck out. I think number one, Mo Wage or Wagi, he. He took some tremendous strides. I think he's gonna he's gonna get where we need him to be as a, a rim protector. Um, I, I like his game offensively. I think it's a little bit raw, but uh, he showed some some good potential playing against Edie. Um, Grant Nelson, I thought he had his best game. Uh, 
you know, against a uh, high-quality opponent. Uh, Mark Sears, obviously. I Mark Sears right now is on track to be an All-American if his production stays the same. Um, Rylan Griffin, I thought, was efficient. I thought he played really good defense, um, which, you know, that's kind of been the story with him all year. He's been probably our best defender. I think Christian tweeted that out. Um, so I, I, Rylan ended up with – eight seven and five I mean that that's really good production from a guy you know that's kind of your third fourth option most nights um I thought Latrell Wrightsell played well shot well you know played good defense on their guards for the most part um and then Nick Pringle I I know he only got eight or nine minutes but playing with you know foul trouble it's uh it's a little bit difficult sometimes but he was out there being a leader being you know, communi- uh, communicating with the team, even when he was transitioning from on the court to off the court with foul trouble. And that's going to be big for us down the stretch, him being a leader. So those are just some of the guys that I thought played really well or showed some potential, you know, for the future of of the team. And I, I'm with you, Joe. I think we got a lot to clean up, but I, I was encouraged by a loss, which is not always the best thing to say. Because you don't want to be saying, "Wow, this loss made me feel good about this team." You you don't want to continue <laughs> to say that because then you're racking up the losses. So we do want those those losses to become wins. But it, you know, somehow coming away from playing against the reigning national player of the year, that's the kind of performance you're going to feel uh, slightly better about the trajectory of this team. We know there's a quote that we've heard both both native. And Nick Saban say, and that's never waste a failing. And I think that this is a kind of a game where um, we've seen the team in the past be able to bounce back from and, and learn from. Um, you know, we we saw a lot of improvement. Um, you know, after the Ohio State game, heading into Oregon, um, Clemson, we saw improvement. But I mean, the opponent after that was Arkansas State, um, so it's kind of hard to judge that. But um, hopefully, they can you know take that opportunity and not waste a failing here and 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 move forward and grow from it. Yeah, and I, I think we all kind of agreed that if you win one of these three games um, that we have on the stretch, it's it's a good it's a good it's it's above exceeding expectations in my opinion. Um, it's it's just difficult when you have to face three top eight opponents that essentially all three are on the road that it, it, that you see an opportunity to come out with a win when your your team's still a work in progress. So. If they if they go in this weekend and uh, go into Creighton and beat them, then uh, then we're going to have a different conversation. But I think the big thing that uh, that us, the three of us, and I think the rest of the Alabama fan, ba- fan base want to see is just the improvement game to game. And and you're seeing that from individual players. Uh, Muhammad Wagi is is getting better and better every single game. I think Ryland's getting a little bit more comfortable within the offense. The Troll Wrightsell is playing. I think exceeding expectations relative to what we kind of thought he was going to do coming into the season. Um, I think there is a discussion to be had and we'll let burner have his victory lap here on Aaron Estrada (laughs) Um, in big power five competition. He just, he, I know he had 21, 22 and I think 16 in or versus Oregon Clemson and um, Ohio state. But the efficiency isn't there. The kind of burst that we saw relative to the mid-major competition that we saw early in the season isn't there. 
And then as well as the the, the mid-range shooting, and I know he's a six-year guy or a fifth-year guy, but the mid-range shooting that he has is just inefficient at this point in time. I, th- I think there was like three or four mid-range shots that he had at versus Purdue that were just atrocious looks and kind of mm-hmm. stalled out the offense. So what are you guys hoping to see from Aaron Estrada specifically coming into the next two games or the next game? Oh, I, uh, I think – sorry, go ahead, Berner. Uh, I was just going to say, I don't want to take a victory lap because I want Aaron to be, you know, be at his best throughout the year. That makes our team better. Um, and it, it wasn't so much of, you know, hating on Aaron. It was more of just some concerns. And, you know, I, I think we all have concerns about different guys, you know, in the preseason. And I, I, I don't want that to be, you know, like a, a running thing if Aaron does continue to struggle, because in all honesty, his numbers are still good. It, it's more of, the two things that I want to see from him is number one, you got to take care of the ball. And number two, you got to stop taking dumb shots. Like I get that you could take those shots at, at Hofstra last year. And, you know, a lot of the time you're going to make them cause you're not playing against long lengthy, you know, high major guys. And that that's fine. But we, and even if, you know, they're good looks, like if, if you're wide open, that's fine, but we want them in the flow of the offense. We don't want Aaron to dribble the ball around for five seconds and then take a contested elbow jumper. Uh, that's not what we want. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it's those two things, and then also just in, improving on the defensive end. It, it, he doesn't have to be elite. Just show some improvement. Show some want to. Oh, that kind of goes hand in hand with what I was going to say. I just want to see marginal improvement. It doesn't have to make massive leaps really quick. We don't want that from him. We don't expect that from him. What we need is just some marginal improvement on both ends of the floor. When it comes to his shot making, I'd like to see a little bit more patience. You know, you kind of hit the nail on the head burner. You were talking about, you know, the five seconds of dribbling and then taking a, a bad look and trying to make a shot out of it. Just we need some more patience. If you don't have a shot, you don't have a shot. You know, pass the ball around. You know, figure it out. The offense, this offense is structured to where it can take its time or it can work fast. And I don't think this this offense isn't as fast as it normally is under NATO. So I think this is one of the first years they can kind of afford that, you know, to wait for a good look. And then on top of that, just overall, I'd like to see a little bit more consistency out of him on both ends. Um, He's got the effort. I mean, he really is trying. And he's out there. Um, but I just really want to see more consistency in performance. Because once you have the consistency down, then you're able to make those marginal improvements here and there. But if you don't have that consistency, then that makes you know improving a lot more difficult. So speaking about consistency and improvement, let's go into the Creighton game. So I, I came away from the Purdue game pleased by the effort. Um, it was unfortunate the way maybe the we defended or the fouls got called or whatever or you know the 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 stretch of five I think it was like five minutes or so where the offense just wasn't there after the under 16 timeout um, and Purdue went on a run they shot four or five from three they went on a 17 to three run and that that would that kind of sealed the game um, going into the Creighton game burner I, I think you have the the their sheet pulled up what give us a quick rundown of how Creighton's been playing um and then after that let's let's hear your thoughts on kind of what you're expecting to see from from this game okay so yeah I've got Creighton's uh Ken Palm pulled up uh they're 
eleventh uh, in offensive efficiency in the country, and they're eighth defensively in the country. Um, so they're they're a really analytically you know efficient team, and they've played some some solid competition. No, nothing really that stands out too much, other than you know they're they're eight and one should be nine and one after their midweek game against UNLV. The only head scratcher is that Colorado State loss. They, they played Colorado State, you know, somewhat close to home. It was a, a semi-neutral site game, but they got blown out. They only scored 48 points, which is odd because they're averaging close to 87 points a game. So that that really is kind of the outlier in their schedule. They They don't create a lot of turnovers on, you know, the defensive side of the ball, but they do take care of the ball on offense. Um, they, they shoot a lot of threes. They shoot way more threes than us. They sh- About half their shots are threes. And everybody on the court, including their center, can shoot and make threes. So uh, that that's something to look out for. All five of their starters are shooting over uh, 30. Well, four of their starters are shooting over 38% from three, and uh, their point guard is shooting just under 32%. So they can all shoot and make threes. Uh, they're they're all about the – I think our average height is the exact same as them, so we're not going to have an advantage with length. But uh, overall, this team likes to play pretty fast, just like us. I think it's a good matchup. It is going to be tough because they're going to have that home court and they're used to shooting on their own goals, their own rims. But I, I think we can go in there and give them a good fight, I, especially if our defense defensive effort shows up like it did against Purdue. I know Purdue ended up scoring 90-something points, but a lot of that was from the free throw line. Purdue gets it inside to Edie so much that we were in foul trouble. We had many mismatches on, on Edie, so... It kind of is what it is for that game. I, I'd like to see the effort same way that we did against Purdue, and it should be a very, very good game, quality game, um, efficient in, on both sides of the ball, hopefully. I, I really do think this might be the best game that for people that like to see running up and down the court, I think you're going to love this style of game. You know, it's always dangerous playing a team that's, top top 15 in both offense and defense on Ken Palm and Creighton's just that the current as of right now is a recording they're 11th in adjusted offense and eighth in adjusted defense one thing that's a little bit interesting to me is that they're 10 according to Ken Palm they're 179th in tempo I really thought they would have been higher than that Alabama's currently 30th so that's going to be that's going to be interesting to watch how they adjust to Alabama's speed and if if they're able to force Alabama to slow down because as you see, when Alabama is forced to slow down, that's really been a weakness. Um, so I, 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 I really this like Berner said, you know, this is going to be a game where it's there's going to be a lot of up and down the court. Alabama's going to have to be good on both both ends of the floor if they want to come out on top. But you know, just highlighting some of their players, you know, I, I think his name is it's either Shireman or Shearman. I'm not quite sure how to say his last name, um, but he's doing Shireman. fantastic for them. I'm sorry, it's Shireman. Shireman. Okay. Okay. Um, you know, he's doing fantastic this year. Um, he leads team in points and in and in rebounds. Um and they they really have a a solid lineup that can really um stand up to Alabama's. So it's it's good. It's, you know, I know we said after the game 
on the podcast, uh, or sorry, on the space that, you know, we like our odds after watching them Purdue, but this team should not be taken lightly. They're top eight for a reason. This is a really, really good Creighton team. Yeah, they absolutely are. And and I'm surprised that it wasn't mentioned that we're ranked as the number one offense uh, per Kim Palm in offensive efficiency. Just saying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do think that out of the next two games, and I know it sounds crazy, this is probably the more winnable game. Um, yeah, I, I think I think out of the three, this was the this is the most winnable game. This isn't to say that Alabama is going to win. Um, yeah, I was on the hoops. Say, that doesn't say anything about Creighton. That's a that's just says a lot about Purdue in Arizona. Yeah, agreed. But I was on the and so I'll spoil my pick here for for everyone listening. I was on the Hoop Southbound podcast yesterday, um, and I picked Creighton to win. So. It's mm. not an expectation that I think that Alabama is going to come in and win. I, I again, I have said this numerous time on the spaces that we've had the past, uh, the past two spaces. Alabama staring six and five in the face, mm. um, and I think the the realistic Alabama fan coming into the season, looking at how these teams are going to or how our schedule is going to shape up non-conference, I don't think that that was the expectation. I don't think that losing to Ohio state and Clemson wasn't, was something that I, I definitely didn't think was going to happen. Um, but they have to figure it out. They have to uh, at least pick up one of these. It's not like they have any bad losses. All three of their losses are quad one losses. So it, it's not like it's going to hurt them come March. Um, but you have to figure out how to win at least one um, because otherwise, if you go into conference play, what are you looking at? Is that uh, how many non-conference games do we have? 13? Yeah, I think so. I think there's two or three left after. I'll, I'll pull the schedule real quick. Uh, there's three left. There's three. There's four left. Sorry. Four left total. And right now they're six and three. So that would be yeah. 13. Yeah. So six and three, you're coming out, what, eight and five? In non-conference, which means that you have to win at least eleven games in the SEC play. Not not saying that it's not doable. The SEC hasn't been great um, this year. A few surprises with the, like Ole Miss and um, um, I, I don't know if you would count Kentucky as a surprise, but um, that's just, also assuming Alabama can beat Liberty in Birmingham, which because which they've had a lot of problems in Birmingham these past couple of years. <laughs> yep, exactly, exactly. So. Um, but going into the games, you just need to see improvement. I, you just need to see the defense to improve. I don't think the defense was bad versus Purdue. I think they got into some foul trouble. Um, Purdue got to the line with ease, and their offense was predicated on two players, Braden Smith, um, who had an exceptional second half of that game, and then obviously Zach Eady, the reigning player of the year. So um, that's just kind of my thoughts on, on where Alabama sits, uh, I guess, the state of the union. As of December 11th, 2023 at 9.47 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So, um, yeah. So do you guys want to give kind of maybe your thoughts on either like a score prediction or um, maybe a pick of who you guys think is going to win this weekend? Yeah, I think this game oh. comes down. Ahead, I'm sorry, go you go ahead, Burner. No, no, you go ahead. Yeah, I think this game comes down to does Alabama's defense show up? 
Um, like we were, we were talking about Ken Palm earlier with Creighton being 11 in offense and eight in defense. Alabama, Alabama has the offense to take down Creighton's defense, but it all hinges on if Alabama's defense shows up. So um, I think if they are able to, you know, replicate the effort that they had on that end of the of the floor against um, Purdue, then I would say Alabama can win this game. But it all hinges on that. So ultimately, I hate to say this, I also pick Creighton, but I think because of the defenses, I think it'll be a little bit lo- lower scoring. So I have Creighton, let's say. Creighton 74, Alabama 68. Go ahead, Bernard. Yeah, I'll give, I'll give a prediction, but I also want to note something on the schedule. So it doesn't get any easier once we get to conference play. I mean, we have 11, 11 games within the, the Ken Palm Top 50 as of now uh, in conference play. And then there is uh, 14 games within the Ken Palm Top 100. So it doesn't get any easier even after uh, non-conference play. So I, I wouldn't yeah. say that we have to get one of these two, but it would sure be it. It would not only be one a, a resume booster for March. It it would it would make us feel a lot better going into conference play. Mm-hmm. Um, but for a score prediction, I mean, I'm looking at Ken Palm's right now. It has Creighton winning 84 to 79. I'm going to go a little bit lower than that. I do think Alabama squeaks it out, and that's – I mean, maybe that's just a little a little crimson, crimson-colored crimson glasses speaking, but I, <laughs> I think Alabama will win it, you know, 81-78, 81-76, something like that. Hey, I mean, I almost picked Alabama, too, just because I said they'd be, they'd be one and two through this stretch, so, <laughs> so I get that. I'll I'll let you know right now. My prediction is going to be Creighton 92, Alabama 87. So um, I think it's going to be another high-scoring game game, similar to the Purdue game. Um, But hopefully the three-point shooting comes out like they did in the first half and they can keep that up in the second half because that that first-half team that you saw versus Purdue, that Alabama team, and I know, know, guys, it's it's crazy. You shoot 50% from three – and you make 13 threes, you can beat anybody in the country. But that Alabama team is a national title contender right there. So just about uh, consistency. <laughs> well, let's see how much we let's see. Hold on just a second. Um, wow. Look at that. So we don't really have much else. Um, do we there? We, I, we I have a few few other notes just just for Creighton. OK. I mean, it's nothing huge, but I do think something that'll be that'll be big for for Alabama is try to get Kalkbrenner, their center in foul trouble. He blocks about two shots a game. He's a really good rim defender. Uh, so if we can get him in foul trouble and try to get some more stuff going in the basket, uh, we only shot, I want to say, you know, less than 20 shots from two, at least against Purdue. Obviously, a lot of that had to do with the matchup presented, but. I'd like to see us try to get Cogbrenner in a little bit of foul trouble early, try to get stuff going to the basket. I, I really don't think that we're going to shoot 50% from three for <laughs> the remainder of the year. So I, I would, I'd like to get some stuff going to the basket at some point. And the best way to do that is to try to clear out their best rim defender and make some and ones. Cause normally you get in down low 
you open up that basket down there, it, it, it opens up a little bit in, uh, behind the line. So that's kind of what I want to see early from Alabama, attacking the basket, and then we go into shooting threes. Obviously, I we started so hot from three against Purdue that it wasn't necessary to go to the basket. But I, I also, we got to get some more help because Sears – Man, Sears has been electric this year, and I hate to put it on the kid. Like, he can't keep that up, but I don't think he can keep that up personally, and I and he's got to have some help. So, I, I yeah, Mark Sears has been absolutely insane, and the development that he's he's shown in the off season has been something that was not expected. Um, and I, I know we talk about we can't keep up 50% shooting, and I know that that's a that's a statistical fact. You cannot keep up 50% shooting for an entire year. But this team is one of the best three-point shooting teams I think I've ever seen from an Alabama team. Um, and I don't think that that's a that's a that's such a hot take where um, it's inaccurate or I'm you know just talking out you know where, but. Um, I, I think that this team all around one through five, even because you saw, again, I'm going to make the joke. Um, some people might call me a, you know, football only gump or whatever, but well, he is our statistical best free three point shooting team or best three point shooter on the team. He shoots a hundred percent. He's one for one. So uh, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to claim it. So, uh, but I, I think that the the offensive output should be a continued expectation until the team proves that they can't do it, um, which is yet to be seen um, at this at this point in time. So, um, do you guys have anything else, Joey Burner? I think that'll about do it for me. All right. Well, um, like I said, guys, this has been another episode of the Crimson Crossover Podcast with Joey Blackwell, Nato's Burner, and myself. Uh, be sure to follow us um, on Twitter at the Crimson Crossover Podcast. Um, additionally, follow these guys um, on Twitter as well. And then I will shout out our Tide Hoops History page. Um, it's called Tide Hoops History. Um, Michael Southern and Godfrey Grant Johnson do a great job um, kind of curating that page. And they're providing daily content for all the Alabama uh, basketball gums that want to listen or want to see, you know, different points in history, different things that um, we'll see from a point in time for like a Purdue matchup. They, they had like the record for the how Purdue or how Alabama fared versus Purdue historically, different things like that. So be sure to give that page a follow. Um, and, and I think our, our next time that we're going to be chatting is a post game space following the Creighton game. Um, so you guys have a great night and roll tide. Roll tide.